0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: more and Shakira. Then this evening we have um our guest which is awesome as well as some um, discussion with the family. So um definitely get ready to uh find out about an interesting read and interesting author. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what um is the state of our children. And are they desensitized to uh, sexuality? Are they over-sexualized? And that's my word for the show tonight. So, yes, I coined that. I have a trademark and it belongs to the wind down. But we definitely want to, um, after we speak with our guests and our guests share some things with us, we're definitely going to see just how... That kind of weaves its way back into the discussion about our um, children. So I want to say, um, and we have a special um, um, conversation we're going to have this evening with uh, Imaj, who did some reading of our author's book, so she has some things that of course she's going to uh ask as part of a
2: small interview.
1: Just just thought that the reader would express if the reader got to speak with the author. So she'll do that special piece for us this evening, which is real cool. And we're waiting on our men folk. Um well, we're waiting on one of our men folk. So um and you know how Ron can be, so we don't know where Ron is right now. But Shakira has joined us. How are you this evening, sir?
2: Uh, it's going to be touch and go tonight for the most part. I've been, it's been a real rough week. So I'll do mm. what I can with what I've got.
1: Well, definitely. We definitely understand. So no, we won't push it because um, I don't want to see you when we push it.
3: Not a word, not at all. Okay.
1: All right, so I tried to give you a heads up this time for the discussion, in case you wanted to do some proper research, which you say I'd never allow you to do. So, um, so <laughs> <trapping laughs> I hope all
0: have play,
1: and yeah. I take full responsibility for my part in that.
2: Not a problem. But, we got so you know how we do we, we we do what we do and that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, we do, we do, we do. And, and I think we're cool with that. So far, I mean, you know we're coming up on a year together, so we're gonna have to have some kind of party.
2: <laughs> we'll see what we can do as far as that is and we'll go from there. All right, all right, all right,
1: all right,
2: all right.
1: Um all right, so let's go ahead and let's bring our guests on, and we're going to allow our guests to do some talking and, and some things. We want to get into some book discussion and and, and um, let um, image get in and get out and get into some other discussion. So no further ado, let's go ahead and bring uh, Carla Cyprian. I hope I said the last name correctly. Are you with us? Yes, you said it great. How are you? We're good on this end. Thank you for having me.
2: No, that's good. We'd love to you. have you. We'd love to have you.
1: Thank you. And and let us say that um, you are coming from, you're hailing from my neighboring state. So we got in Alaska, Louisiana. Louisiana. There Do we that. go. Who that there made sure? <laughs> <laughs> All right, So that I think I think you're one of our first to to um, have um, an author from Louisiana on. So I get a lot of coastal office. so it's nice to have somebody from the Thank you. I lived in Austin right after Hurricane Katrina. Okay, okay. so you had yeah, a little Texas time. There. I I couldn't get used to it. I needed to come back home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ain't nothing nothing wrong wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) I needed to be around crawfish. Right. Mm. (laughs) And they just aren't the same, are they, when you're here in Texas trying to do crawfish? It's just different. Nothing, nothing's the same. I mean, as far as, and I like to cook, so nothing I couldn't find the right shrimp and the right red beans, and that was too much. I had to come back home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely heard that a lot. I definitely heard that a lot when, um, because in what I do in the daytime, I had a lot of exposure to the uh, families that came here after Hurricane Katrina and um, had a lot of that, like, how do y'all survive? Y'all don't have anything. I was like, wow, <laughs> we <laughs> uh, don't have no chair. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, well, I've been living here my whole life, so I didn't know I didn't have anything. But <laughs> so I definitely get that. I've heard yeah, that before. It was, it was a lot of adjustments, and it was it was very different. I was culture shock, but you know, I'm mm-hmm. back home, so no place like home. Yeah, and that's good, and that's how you get to be creative, unsightly. Absolutely. So um, we have a – we're going to have this time. We're going to let you kind of tell us a little bit about um, Love by Default, and then um, we have um, Imaj, who is – Imaj is a reader, she loves literature, she reads all the time. And so she is hanging out in the chat room right now, but she'll be in here. She's just gonna do some interviewing. And she also does does some interviewing for her magazine. So you guys really need to talk. And um so she has a couple of readers requests kind of questions, um, to be more specific than just letting you kind of give us an overview. She's probably got some stuff that maybe as a reader she wanted to know, and she has the opportunity to ask the author herself. So give us a little bit about you. Um, Like, tell us how you kind of got into your creative space to write and um, kind of give us an overview of Love by You. Okay, well, my name is, like you said, you said it very well. Thank you, Carla Cyprian. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, born and raised. I'm a wife of almost 18 years. I have a, I'm a mother. I have a 20, almost 21-year-old and a 14-year-old son. Um, I started writing when I was three months pregnant with my daughter, who, like I said, is now almost 21. Um, writing was an outlet for me. It sort of was my private journal of things that I was going through at home living with my parents. I was going through a lot, and I felt I didn't have anybody to talk to, so I used to write journals. The journals t- told into, turned into stories, and I lost them all in them but all the memories stuck in my head. And I guess I was meant to go through more things so that I can turn this story, form a journal, into a book. And this is my first book, Love by Default, A Toxic Mother-Daughter Story in New Orleans, which is available on Amazon. It is my mm-hmm. first book. It is my first book, my first written, published novel. Um, it's set in New Orleans. Um, the Big E's is about a young lady named Kimiata, who has a relationship, who's longing for a relationship with her mother. Um, she's been surrounded by that family orientation, mother, sister, brother, but she just didn't have that love because her mother loved other other men more than she loved her own children. And therefore, Kimiata was, a uh, victim of sexual abuse, but the mother didn't do anything to it. So we're trying okay. to figure out that her mother would she gain some type of respect for her mother? Would they come to and have this relationship that a daughter always looks for in a mother? Or will she let her mother destroy her own family? And so tell me kind of what pushed you towards the topic? Just um, Is that something topic? that needed a voice or? This is personal, and I, I never, I always wanted to have a relationship with my mother. You know, I didn't never have the relationship as much as I tried and tried and tried. Some people, I don't care what their relationship is, it's kind of hard to have a relationship with them. And you have to love a person from a distance. If you have to, ain't nothing wrong with it. But sometimes that person still could push you while you love loving them from a distance that you end up loving them by default.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Okay. You know, it, it can That's be a, it's a bad relationship, a toxic relationship with a husband and wife, a child, two siblings, or cousins, but this time, it, like I said, it's personal and, and it's a toxic relationship between a mother and daughter. So with minor changes in this book, with minor changes, it can't be a biography. Hmm. Okay, wow. <sighs> Okay, so um, and this is just kinda i for my own benefit after finishing, did you feel like um it was was it therapeutic? It was very therapeutic, and when I got published September nineteenth it became the of this year it became uh the first day of a healing process for me, and also after forty years. I finally came out and admitted that I was sexually abused, just like the character in the book. I'm no longer ashamed. I'm no longer embarrassed. It's no longer a secret. In fact, I would like to help other women or children who've been sexually abused because I held it in for 40 years. And it was, almost killed me. Just holding this little secret in without telling nobody because I don't know how anyone would think of me. So releasing Mm -hmm. this book was it was therapeutic writing and releasing it. It was healing. Mm, okay. And that's you know what that's more important than anything else because that kind of unblocks or, or allows you to flow in you know creatively in other areas. So sometimes we fixate on our secrets, and so now that you don't have those anymore, I, I feel can see so. <laughs> I feel so good. I mean, I I cried for 40 years of sadness. Yeah, for sadness. I I cried for 40 years of sadness. And when my book was released, it was happiness. Not because, oh, I got a book out. It's because while a weight has been lifted off my shoulders that I finally can say that I, I too, was a victim of sexual abuse, but I overcame it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not ashamed of it anymore. I held it in to keep from embarrassing other people, other family members but it was tearing me down.
0: Mhm.
1: But I'm good now. Well, I'm glad you're good. That that I mean, so this is the beginning like the start of of the healing process. So in turn, you have more books, right? I have <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on the second one and a third one. Um a sequel to love by Default, and a couple's book with my husband. We've been married 18 years, so I think we could kind of give you some, some people some advice straightforward. It's not a book that you would need paper and pencils and take lessons. It's just a straight-up type book, um, his version, my version, and our version, you know, how we work together to make um, situations work in, in a marriage. Straight up, and I'm mm-hmm. also working on um, – a gangster love story about two female rappers um, called the Ghetto Twins. They're New Orleans rappers. If somebody, if you never heard them, Google them. Um, they're New Orleans rappers, and i writing a story about their life. A gangster love story called "Show No Love," surrounded by criminals. Oh, wow! Okay. So you just kind of do? Do you prefer to stay in a genre, or you just kind of like this kind of being in multiple genres? I'm um, it's hard to just step out into suspense and thriller and sci-fi I'm mm-hmm. urban <laughs> and I'm from okay. the street so I write about what I know <laughs> I, I write about mm-hmm. what yeah. I know and I'm not knocking on the johns because I have read books like that but it's hard for me to get in touch with an evil witch and horses on a farm or a ski trip No, I, I need to keep it street I need to keep it <laughs> urban and, <laughs> And what I'm used to, so I I, I kind of like the urban fiction drama. Maybe one day I will think about doing a biography, um, mm-hmm. and it will be very similar to Love by Default. Very similar. Okay. okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, and and you know what? That there's nothing wrong with it, especially if it's something that you do well and it's authentic. Right. That that has to, you know. That has to happen. If it's, if it's to a point where you can't even fathom the story that you want to tell, you know that's not going to be a good story. Um, right. So I, I think I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> right.
2: Okay, I think.
1: <laughs> So are you finding that um, people are identifying with your Are you finding that it is that beacon that you thought it would be as far as women or or people, anyone, being able to say, hey, she said, you know, this character was abused and I understand that I was sexually abused or, you know, just kind of identifying, being able to even if they only tell you in your inbox or leave you a message and say, you know, this helped me because that, that person was me. I experienced that. Are you having any of those? opportunities right now? That because is the most really touching part. Part. Okay. That is the most touching part because Okay. that's what I've been getting back. Besides, it's a good book, I've been getting back. It happened to me too. Or I've been getting back. I don't have a relationship with my mother either. Or it's been getting back that I love somebody by default that's been pulling me down, but after reading your book, I know it's okay to let go. But the most important thing, like you said, that really touched me and really made me cry happy tears of joy is because people came face-to-face with their secret and said that I've been molested too. And I even had a guy who inboxed me and told me that he was molested. Mm-hmm. So
0: wow.
1: it's, to me, I see that it's healing for not just me, for other people. And it's important that people, especially a lot of black people, to come out and say, hey, this happened to me. hmm and so for right. them, for those people, do you do you talk about or do you suggest any kind of um and for lack of a better word, aftercare? Do you, do you say okay, well now that you have identified with your past, you have voiced it or confessed it or whatever, now what do we do? What's the next step? Because I feel like in our community, one of the things that we shy away from is any type of therapy that is more than uh, crazy, you know. And sometimes we just need that outlet. Just need somebody right. to listen and give us suggestions on how to heal our minds because our minds can create greater illnesses. And so, do you ever get into that that angle, or do you just kind of let people identify and kind of keep it moving? No, I tell I tell people to talk about it, and if they if mm-hmm. and and to heal themselves mentally. Not go to a psychiatrist because I never been to a psychiatrist a day in my life. It was just I had to wait till my time come to heal. I couldn't Mm -hmm. rush God. I had to wait till my time come to heal. So I tell people write a journal, write about and talk about it. If they're not, they could talk to me about it. They could inbox me about it. They could talk to their family members about it. My my husband is the only one that knew, and I found Mm -hmm. that going into details talking to him helped me. Not just mm-hmm. saying it happened. I, I ran it down exactly what happened, how it happened, step by step. And as disgusting as he thought it was, uh, and he got angry with the other person, it felt good that I was taken out. So I kind of tell people, mm-hmm. find someone that you could talk to that will not judge you. Because believe it or not, your own parents can judge you. Your siblings can mm-hmm. judge you. They could be the main ones to judge you. So find somebody that you could talk to. If you feel you can't talk to nobody, write about it. And your mind will start freeing. Your mind will start flowing. Just write about what happened, write about the details, you know, and and have a personal mind healing. like I said, not with any type of therapist but with yourself. Come face-to-face mm-hmm. with your younger youth or that person that, however old you were when it happened, come face-to-face with that person in your mind and talk to that person. Mm-hmm. You know, let them know that it was okay. Let them know it wasn't your fault. So um and and you mentioned talking with your husband as the first person you told. Do you can you account for how maybe this affected your relationship prior to telling him? Was it something that forced you to tell him that you kind of had to say, well, this is why I'm this way, or, or did it just come out as like I just need to tell you this, or what what motivated you motivated you to or push you to tell your husband? We've been married 18 years, and we was together 20 years, so I told him when we first met. But I felt that he was the one. He came into my life at a very downtime in my life, and I felt like I was going to burst. And I felt I had to tell somebody But it was something about him. When I told him, it was just something about him doing sex, that I had to tell him because certain things I don't do sexual. And when I told him, I actually said, you can leave if you want. We've been married, like I said, 18 years later. Mhm. So he sympathized with me, he cried with me, he listened to me, and he accepted me. Mm-hmm. And if I can't tell anybody, talk to this person, talk to that person, you will know when you have a person that you could talk to who really is going to have you back and hold you down. You're going to know that ride or die person. So when mm-hmm. I told him, I felt... I just, I was going to burst. I had to tell somebody because I couldn't tell nobody else. And the fact that he remained with me that night and the next night, and the next night that turned into 18 years, I did the right thing by telling Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what, how even voicing it can put other parts of your life into perspective just for you and for that person, Mm -hmm. especially if it's somebody that um, intends to be around for a while. I think it um, definitely is only fair that they understand, especially if it gives you little quirks or or makes you um, hesitant or affects your intimacy level. Those people are definitely um deserving of knowing why, you know, what it is that like right. and, and so that they wouldn't feel that it's something that they're doing wrong. Well. Yeah. I had to make him know that it wasn't him. And I didn't mm-hmm. you have to let a man be a man and you can't these days women quick to shut a man down. I had to let him know mm-hmm. this is not you, this is me and this is why. And he understood. Mm-hmm. And even we have two beautiful kids together I told I tell my daughter what happened in details. Who's almost twenty-one, and I also tell my son. He's fourteen, but I have to let him know. It's two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. You can't hide stuff from kids these days. You have to let them know what's right and what's wrong and what's going on in your life. You know, so they you can't have an excuse for why it is or why you're not focused or why it is. I let my kids know.
0: Hopefully, they understood.
1: Definitely agree. Um, um, I think so many of us um, in in the community, in our Black community, have various things from our from our childhood that affect us in our adulthood, mm-hmm. and I don't think enough of us tell our kids who don't necessarily have the exact same experiences just because times are different. and But they have their own personal experiences that would be um, less challenging to endure if they knew or had the lessons of our experiences um, to kind of help guide them rather than just our work. You know, it's easy to say, don't do that. That's not good for you but it's right. totally different when it has a context cause this happened to me, you know, and, um, it, it changes how they see us. It kind of humanizes us more. So, um, right. I definitely agree with the communication, uh, of, of things to your children and, and yeah. every person, you know, every person has to do it to, to their own degree. um, but I think they, that every person needs to do it to some degree um, because our kids, we take so, so many things for granted. But as we'll talk about later, there are so many things that um, they are exposed to, you know, that, that they are overly exposed to that, you know, sometimes it's hard for us just to keep up as as parents who are already in this changing, technologically savvy world, you know, and we feel like, oh, we're on top of some stuff, but we're still parents, we still work, we don't do all of the social media things that they do, or not to the the length that they do, and then there's some things that still get by us, and how do you handle it, you know, and what do you equip them with when they're faced with these new options and opportunities that you don't even know they have, you know, at what age. So I want to talk more about that because I have some personal stories as far as that goes that I just want to share in hopes that some listeners who have kids who are kind of in denial will kind of see how our changing world is affecting that whole uh, sexual experience for our kids. I'm going to get into that more. Um, So... When you do write, when you do um, get feedback on your writing, as far as this being your first novel, talk to us about your experience as an author, like where your story started, and then now you move to actually publishing and getting feedback. And So tell us how, you know, did you experience growth, have you experienced growth? Are you still kind of in that um, new phase of, it's kind of just hitting you. Where are you as the author in this experience? I'm, I'm in this place where as though I can't stop writing now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I appreciate everyone who has supported me and has purchased Love by default and have um, given me all of their feedback and reviews. And so far, I haven't came across one person who so said they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Even if a person I didn't like it, I would respect and appreciate that there was honest more. So, mm-hmm. and that's what I need as an author. Don't I don't like to be sugar-coated, don't blow smoke on my head. You know, just be straight up with me. And so I appreciate all feedback, and I'm comfortable where I'm at because of the story itself, that it was personal. And being that it was personal, a lot of people felt that and embraced me with it. And I met strange people. I had book signing and met total strangers that have embraced me and thanked me for saying it because it helped them. So it made Mm. me at a good place as an author. Even if I don't sell one uh, of the books, I will feel good and well accomplished because somebody got my message and somebody came forward and somebody let their secret out. So I feel like I've done my job. I'm not finished. But I'm I'm glad that I I hit somebody. I'm glad that it reached someone.
0: Gotcha. Good
1: All deal. um right. so secure as a as a guy when you, when you listen to or uh, when you when you see these books, um do you think? Oh, okay, well you know that might be a great story for a chick, or do you embrace it kind of like we do? Because you're
2: a real guy, I can ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, from from my perspective, I mean, she she's got she's got a, a, a real good point about you know that type of with that type of subject matter. It just is not for it's not necessarily just geared toward one specific gender. Um, the thing that we have mm-hmm. to consider, the one thing that we always have to consider is, is that there's always two sides. Uh, it always happens on both sides of the gender line as far as that is. Um, you know, I've got, you know, I've got boys, you know, I've got some of my boys that I have to counsel from time to time where, you know, they, they're dealing with that at home, whether it's, you know, whether it's a parent, whether it's a auntie or, you know, some crazy shit like that or whatever the case may be. And they tend to be a little overt, well, a lot overt in, in, in a lot of what I have to deal with. Um, with their dealings with other girls, other women, and, you know, the whole nine yards as far as that is. So I I definitely can see where she's coming from with the subject matter that she had to deal with. And I guess for me, I'm probably a lot more sensitive to it because of the environment that I have to deal with.
1: If I wasn't in the environment that I'm in
2: as far as dealing with the alternative schools and dealing with, a lot of the boys that I deal with, as far as you know, the the broken homes that they deal with, and some of the extraordinary circumstances that they deal with and whatnot, I probably would be a little disconnected from the storyline. So mm-hmm. I think for her to have this out here is probably helping with generating the conversation, and that alone—that alone—is a good thing.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have um. If I can say real quick, if a parent read this book, that her child may have been through the same thing through abuse. There are some people that will sweep sexual abuse under the rug. A lot of people don't talk about sexual abuse to me. There are people that will sweep it under the rug and say don't talk about it anymore. But if a parent read this and go back to, Oh, I remember mean, I told my daughter not to say anything. Is this how it will affect her? This may affect her. So maybe they would help their daughter bring up something that has happened in the past and it may ha- happen and help family all over. Because, like I said, a lot of people sweep it under the rug due to embarrassment. Oh,
4: you may embarrass yeah.
1: the family. You may embarrass, you know, don't say anything. It's over. It ha- happened It's over with not knowing that it can affect your child for the rest of her life. So hopefully even reading this story, a parent, a parent, whether it's a man or a woman, would come forward and say, I know my child told me the same thing, but I didn't do anything about it.
2: Well, I mean, and it, it tends to be that way. I mean, how many times have we heard about, you know, different, different people who said that, you know, they tried to tell a family member, an older family member, and that family member was like, for the sake of, not embarrassing the family, the rest of the family, they went ahead and decided to sweep it under the rug or they decided not to tell anybody whatsoever. You know, you'll be all right. You'll get over it. Everything will be okay, that type of thing.
0: Right. Not
2: not realizing that that same same child begins to exhibit behavior based on what they have experienced, and no one's not necessarily equipped to deal with it, it may be somebody that was equipped to deal with it. They just chose not to, and that's something sure. that we—that's that, something we have that runs rampant within the African American community, primarily because of the fact of we love to keep up pretenses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. No one would, wants to you
2: be, know, No one wants to be. Yeah. No one wants to be that family. Yeah,
1: and you know, one of the things I, I have to say is. While you know, every, you know, you guys are right. I think I did the thing. I did the one thing that, in the pit of my stomach, would kill me. I did that one thing to my mom, who wouldn't, who wouldn't dare have swept it under the rug. And I think I did that thing to her that I would. like I pray that my child never does. I didn't tell. I didn't tell. I didn't tell, I didn't tell. and I had to be. I was I was in my late 20s. You know, when I finally um and I wasn't even telling her she just happened to be in the room when I was speaking with my doctor, who I wasn't expecting it. You know, I was pregnant. He was just asking me general questions um because I, I had a specialist because uh, I had um, some issues with my, with um, my pregnancy. And so um He's just going through, he's doing a check sheet, you know. He's just generally saying, do you have this, do you have that, do you have this. And and for some reason, you know, it, it, it was God. And he asked that question, you know, have you ever been um, molested, sexual abused? And my mom's sitting there and she's just kind of rattling off with me, you know, yes, no, yes, she has this, no, she doesn't have it. You know, and we got to that question and we both answered. But her answer was no, and my answer was yes. Wow! Yeah, and that I know had to make her come unglued. I I can just, I could just feel her, her stomach sink. You know, um, because she had no idea. She had absolutely no idea. You know, she there she was thinking she did everything possible to protect her kids all her life. And boom You know So um, I, I just You know I try to be very Active And talk And be around the kids and, and ask questions And look for signs And you know I try to do all those things So that I never have to do that And you know for a long time, I talked to myself and said, well, it was just this. It was never that, so it wasn't so bad. And maybe it was some of your fault. And, you know, I did all of that back and forth with myself, and I made it. I, I shrank it and made it small. But it was when I had to um, finally, because I had I been a virgin for a long time, as far as my choice, you know, um, and so it was finally When I decided to be intimate with someone That I realized I had issues with intimacy You know um, And and I had to explain So again, so he wouldn't think That that was his fault And it was just, it was different It was it was different to voices To actually say it um, So yeah, that was a a, a big transition space for me, um, just as as a woman coming into to my womanhood, um, and it, it was one of those points where it made me more sensitive to, to, to the parenting, you know, and having two girls and, and having that world and saying girls. I know that's not. I don't want to lessen the the impact that it does happen with young men, but just the difference in in the identifying with being in that position. So I ask the questions now. (laughs) I'm like, hey, did did this, you know, this happen? Because mine, of course, was, and I guess my thing was deciding, was it being molested or was it a, a family member being sexually curious, you know, and do they get a pass or not? You know, so I toyed with that for a long time, trying to justify. Well, he was young too, and he was just trying. But you know, he when I look at it with my own kids in mind, that's old enough to know that you don't mess with her. You know, that age. Right. So yeah, I just had to turn it into acceptance and realize, okay, well, yeah, that did happen. You know, and um, it was hard because I watched. The relationship he had with my with the guy that I was dating, and they were really cool, you know. And the guy I was dating had no idea it was him, and they were cool. I mean, they would hang out without me, you know. And I was like, wow, yeah, I can't ever tell anyone this because they liked each other. They were friendly, but eventually you know, as we dated more and it got to a point where we wanted to be intimate, I had to say, This is my hang up. And I didn't want him, you know, your boyfriend, your man friend. He want Ooh. Now he's like, you know, you had me hanging out with this, you know, we got drunk together, we and and this dude did this to you, you know, so I definitely know that whole process of of, of meeting that outlet. So it's nice that You've written something that um, provides an outlet um, for that for that person that's in that tug of war with do I say anything or or not you know so okay so we're gonna bring Imaj on and Imaj actually has um, taken um, some time to get to know your characters so she has well, different types of questions um, as that reader. And I want to allow that to happen before we get into some more discussion, because I know, you know, other readers that listen will definitely benefit mm-hmm. from you know hearing what a reader's perspective was um, while reading. So, Imaj, are you with us? Good evening. You just called me in the middle of a stretch. Good evening. How are you all doing? <laughs> hey. All right. How are you doing, babe? Well, we're glad that you're here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to get my dance on before um, I came in. And then this chat room was acting up, too. We lost Val, and I'm mad because, you know, I love Val. She has, Val is one of our, um, she listens religiously. We love Val, and she checks us, and she checks me, and I love it. And she definitely is vocal, and she always has a lot of stuff to say in the chat room. And I hate that she isn't able to get in the chat room. We've been talking a little bit on the post, so later on I'm going to share some stuff that she did say, but she did also say goodnight because she's mad at um <laughs> at the blog talk because it kicked her out of the chat room a few times. <laughs> and then the, the listening she said got a little bit, um like came in and out kind of weak or bad. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but, so we're missing Val right now, but, um, she did have some things that I'm going to share with us, share with you a little bit later. So I'm let Image do her thing. Okay. Well, I finished uh-huh. it this afternoon. Um Wow. <laughs> it's because, you know, I, I'm, well, during the daytime, I work from home. So I kind of just have my own little leisure time. So I read all day yesterday, and then I finished it up today. Um, I I had a lot of questions because I felt like pieces were missing. So I was like, well, I wanted to know why the mother was the way that she was. Because it started out talking about how the neighbor was, Bothering both of the kids on the street The little girl across the street And mm-hmm. the main character, Kim Yada And so I was like, okay Well, I I can see where the story was going Because the thing I did A lot of times when I get books It depends on how I buy them If I buy them in the store, I'll read the back of the book If I get them through my Kindle I won't read what the book's about I'll just read it
2: So okay. that's what
1: I did with yours I just read it because I got it on my Kindle And so I was, I was like, okay, well, this is gonna be about love and defaulting of it. I got it, got the title. Um, it, like I said, let me have some questions because I wanted to see how the friendship between the two little girls grew because they eventually figured out we have the same issue. Okay. So, and you said in the sex, That you have a second book coming out about it Does that play a part Into that Does she even have a relationship With her friend from across the street now Because I kind of felt like her and Patricia Needed each other Patty (laughs) Am I talking too much No Patty (laughs) Her name is Patty Patty. I don't know why I called the child Patricia I probably thought that Her name was probably Patricia So what's your question? (laughs) The question is, like, in this next book, are you going to tell – well, let me go back. The relationship between them, was there ever a further other relationship instead of just being friends for that moment because they were across the street from each other? Because they said they were blood sisters. And for me, for blood sisters is like we're best friends forever. I could talk to you about anything, everything, regardless of the situation. And I just wanted to know, was there more to that particular portion of the story? or? Okay, Okay, well, the story with the neighbor, as if you, you know, when you read the chapter one, they're kids. I mean, we Mm -hmm. go around telling all kids we are best friends for life. That's how it was back in the day. And they had the thing called Blood Sisters where at that point when you growing up as a little girl you think you're gonna be best friends for life, but sometimes people move. But to answer your question, part two, the sequel will be Fiona's story. Okay. And I think you'll more get because the chapter one with the little girls was a backstory. Mhm. You know, it started off as a backstory, when you get in chapter two then she talks about current. So chapter one was a backstory from when it was little girls, and to wonder why Fiona's like this. Like I said, it is a part two, and Fiona is called Fiona, Fiona's Fiona side of the story. Okay, because I'm I'm an emotional reader, so I get angry. Okay. Like I, I will get mad, I will get sad, I will cry, I will do everything this book is supposed to make me do. Okay. And she will turn into a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> that's I finished reading one of your books and I thought I was a pimp last week. But <laughs> <laughs> but literally and I'm being honest, I didn't like Fiona. I called her out her name a couple of few times. <laughs> I want especially at the portion where she's trying to talk to her mother and tell her that, you know, when they're in the restaurant and she's trying to tell her mother, you know, look, Mama, i got all this stuff to do. I really don't have time to be doing all this stuff for you. Now, I can try to finagle and see what I can do, and she throws this glass of wine in her face. I uh-huh. literally wanting to jump through that book and whoop up myself. Uh-huh. Mama or not, you have <laughs> <laughs> to. Just- I'm sorry. And this is me being honest. So and it was just like, the heck, what is, what is this woman's deal? Because it would take me to portions of, like, okay, I see why, I don't understand why she treats her like this. I don't understand why she treated the sister like this. And they never told me why the brother kind of was just like, uh, okay, he's there, but he's not quite there. And so... Yeah, I had questions about the definitely about that mama because I was like, Honey, listen okay. <laughs> we look at, know, the answer that we look at um reality T V and Quiet Show and we see Mama Joyce. Fiona ain't got Mama Joyce ain't got shit on Fiona. Not a do- see she don't have nothing on Honey.
4: Fiona. And uh-uh. there's a lot
1: of Fiona's out here. Is a lot of Fiona's out here. People look at it and just stay with the Bible and say, I'm thy mother and father. And that's all people try to use against you without knowing nothing else. So, Fiona was that you had the right reaction to the book as a reader. I had those reactions as the writer. I couldn't stand Fiona. As the writer, she was my favorite character. As a reader, I can't stand her. So, it will when just i mean if you think you wanted to kill her through the book, wait till Fiona tell her story okay. you know and and wait till you find out more about the brother and you find out more about the sister. I know you kind of read some little things that went on in this book that with the brother and sister, but you don't have the right reaction because I look at I, two movies I look at Precious and I can't stand Monique because of Precious. And I look, mm-hmm. Michael Ealy, Michael Ealy, the little four-color girls, I can't stand Michael Ealy because he dropped them children out the window. So it goes, he was a great actor. He did that acting well. So I really take your anger with Fiona as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny I will. Oh, Jesus. And, then, and you touched on the fact where it was she threw the Bible so much into their face but she wasn't inter- It felt like she wasn't interpreting it correctly. I know that we receive different ways of the Bible on our own. We receive the message differently. But she was taking that particular scripture and pulling it out of context. Because even further down, it also says, "Don't, pretty much, don't make your children so upset with you that they feel like they can't respect you." And it's called being. You know? Anna- that's what it's called, hypocrite. Because you see, yeah. people go to church all the time, and they only holy on Sundays. if she wasn't even holy on Sunday. She, let me just tell you, she was just—I'm being honest. The mama's a hoe. I mean, she's bigger than <laughs> a hoe. Like I—I I felt bad when her <clears throat> father would come back, and she's pretending. And I—I—and then to find—I really don't want to tell the whole book, but it was just. At the end, I was floored. I' was gonna say that I was floored, and I almost threw my little phone across the room because I was just pleased <laughs> because I was like, "What is this shit? What is this?" And, <laughs> and, and this is just my honest reaction to different things. Um I did talk about the other thing that, and i you answered a lot of my questions talking to Shamo about it because I wanted to understand what you wanted everyone to take away. From this book And so I got that From That previous conversation Um, Let's see What was my other question I talked about the church And it was just that pretty much that mama Mm -hmm. And, And as a mother for me It was like okay The things that she The way she treated her daughter I would never treat my daughter in that way like she didn't even she didn't even respect her as a woman to say I have traveled the same journey as you I am now a mother I am a wife and she can't even respect her in that way she didn't even, she didn't even tell the girl happy Mother's Day and that that right there what you just said is personal because I never been told happy Mother's Day for my mother I never been told I graduated from high school and college I never been told I'm proud of you I never been told. I mean, none of that, none of those stuff. I I'd never been told that, so it was easy for me to either, for, for me to write that part, and it was easier because I knew how Kimiada felt, not hearing it. That uh-huh. <gasps> I was on the emotional because you made me want to drink. Well, get you wine it is Wednesday night. I understand why she took them gulps of that wine in three sips. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I understand. Well that see that and, and I, that from that writer's perspective is what you want. You want people to feel your character so much that they wanna whoop her ass. I I'm always wanna know. go hug her or they wanna be a pimp. You know those things motivate you to to keep on um, pushing their pins. So, right. Yes, and let I, us know when the second one is ready because I will definitely want to read and see why the hell Fiona is the way that she is because I need explanation. See, and and, and like I said, I can't wait because keep your anger away of that. I love the fact that the fact that you angry. Just made me want to write more and more. I love that you're angry. I lo- I really will love, I really can't wait until once the boogers released. I want you to be the first one to read it because I'm really, really, really loving you your anger. And it just lets me know, and I really, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with patting yourself on the back because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. You're really making me feel good right now. Awesome Awesome honey awesome. Just, Yeah just let me know You can hit Shamora up and tell her when it's ready Or what not And I will read it And I will get back to you on it <laughs> And then As she told <laughs> you before I, I also I review books a lot of times okay. And so I didn't write a review for this one Because we were just doing the show But once I second one is done we can do. We can possibly do a full length review on it, and people are going to have to know about this because, you know, it deals with a whole lot of things. Because there was a transition. Like she didn't. She never recuperated from what was going on from when she was a child, and when uh-huh. her mama told her, "Don't you tell nobody that." Don't Because I don't want the church talking about me, and I don't want them to do this, and I don't want them to do that. You're too busy saving faith for everybody else to worry about what's going on with your child. Because even to the the wedding day of her marrying her husband, I could have shot that chapel right there in the church. But and I think the husband should have said something at that point because he he was sick of it. So I just yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, get I think on it. the husband get yourself together. I think the husband acted. I think the husband acted accordingly as a man. I, I think he acted accordingly as a man with trying to give his wife, trying to coach his wife and say, "Hey, you need to step up, or I will." So I think he kind of, kind of been there for her, and he he kept his face his place as the man, as her husband, and because that was her mother. You know, of course we want him, we think he should have went body slammed her, but then if he would have body slammed her in the church, then I probably would have got a reader saying, well, why you ain't give the, I mean, Kim Yada a chance to talk about mama? Why he hasn't hit her mama? You know, uh-huh. I, I did not want I didn't want him to hit her mama. I would, Heidi, I would have been okay if the the mama of him would have jumped on her in the church. <laughs> or, because <laughs> this just the fact that she was messy, Fiona is messy. More mess- <laughs> yes, she is more messy than Mama Joyce. I agree, because Mama Joyce didn't pull that type of crap at the wedding. I mean, at least she said, yeah, go ahead and marry the boy. Since her at the wedding, acting simple. So, no, I, I, I'm not saying jump on it, but she her day would have ended that day. You can, you can have blessings. And then you got the pastor, Pastor. I mean, come on now. Anytime you make a pastor, because... You got issues. Well, you know, they have some people like that, so. <laughs> um, Overall, did you enjoy the read? At first, I was shaky on it because it was jumping all over the place. But as I got further into it,
2: okay. I was like, because
1: yeah, cause with the flashbacks, I was getting confused. So I was like, okay, well, let me just kind of just continue to read it. Because I know somewhere in here is, is something. So, I overall, it was good. I, I was just at the beginning where I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. So, it okay. kept jumping back and forth between different things. And so, I was like, okay, I don't know what time period I'm in. Mean. Because it would jump from now to, you know, 19 something another. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. was stories. as with the asterisks in
0: okay. in the
1: book indicated we gone taking it back a little bit. So you know, but I, I appreciate your reading. No problem. But I am interested. Okay, so this other question of the sexualization thing is that a word? What? My oh, Which one? Over willing, a, um, We're talking about the over sexualization for children now. And my word, I made. It, yeah, your word that you made up. And it's so funny that you funny made it up. Now we never gonna have a squiggly line. <laughs> um, I had. Um, I did a project like back when I was in college. Um, with some other students called LAID, and it's pretty much, it talked about the, the easy access culture that we live in now when it comes to teenagers and young adults when it comes to sex. And that was definitely a good project to work on because it was different one of different groups of people that came together and talked about the different things about sexuality, whether it's, you know, If you're gay or straight or if you're dating and date rape and being a virgin and nobody else knows about it, it talks about so much different stuff. So I think that now we need to have the conversation with our kids. Like before when we were younger, people didn't have the conversation with us. You know? And so I think now you have to talk to kids about it. You have no choice Mm -hmm. but to talk to them about it because there's so much stuff. Out here in the world, that they need to know, and they have to be careful of. And so, I think it's definitely conversations sure. to have. That's just my two cents. Right. I, I I just I think that um, it starts at home. And I think that more, if if more parents or adults take control and have these talks with their kids and let them know, you know, the right way and the wrong way, that I don't think anything wrong with talking, you know, having your kids exposed to the right way and the wrong way of sex. I don't don't believe in telling my kids that sex is bad
4: all the Mm
1: -hmm. time. I'm married. I let my kids know I'm with daddy. I've been with daddy for 20 years. We've been married 18 years. Yes. We need some a long time and it's romantic. That's how you do it. I tell my kids that. I don't hide you know things about sex. I you know, they look at TV. It's 2014. People are so much going around. I let them know safe safe. I let them know when sex ain't good, even if you just Fucking this one And fucking this one That ain't cute You know Especially looking at reality shows Being a side chick Being a dude That have all the women That ain't cute So I let my kids I don't hide sex Or when we talk about sex You know Go in another room Or if you come on TV No I let them look at it You know So I don't think kids These days are overexposed they overexposed It depends on how It's taught to them In the home Good deal yeah. Mhm, agree, but um, okay, so at this point when when we um when we have talked about all the things sensibly, then Ron happens, and so uh Carla, bear with us, but we have to bring on our other our addition to um the show. Okay. And usually, he only offers us things worthy of two cents. But sometimes, he gives us something good, and that's usually to tease us into thinking that his brain works properly, and then he says something retarded. But nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and um, get Ron in here. How are you this evening, sir? Well,
3: I was doing just fine until I heard that introduction. Now, I don't know how I'm feeling now.
1: Hey,
3: Ron. Hi, uh, Todd. Thought, I thought you'd be used to hello. this
2: by now. How you doing, Amaz? Awesome. All right. What's up, brother? I'm good for a moment, man. I'm trying to hang for a couple more minutes before I call it a night.
3: Yes, sir. I figured as much. I figured as much. And greetings to our guests, Damien. How are you, sweetheart?
1: I'm great. How are you?
3: I'm, I'm, I'm just glad I'm loving you love You want me exactly
1: <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> Say make You have to go to <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're
1: trying to be fresh with the, um, guess, more. Doc is I can't. Because he owe money at this point. We've docked him so much. He need to start paying any kitty. <laughs>
3: Well, I figured it was time for me to come on once the mind started making a word.
1: That wasn't <laughs> me who made up the word. It was um, Shamor. I didn't make up that word. I own that word. I own that word. See? She takes full responsibility yeah. of that word. My bad. My apologies. You got any comments, concerns? you on the line, sir.
0: Excuse
3: me?
1: So, Ron, are you going to participate in the topic?
3: I don't know if I want to participate at this point. It's like you're singling me out. Pressure's on. Whoa, that's too much.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, Ron, did you have anything... To ask, did you want to say anything? Do you want me to
0: follow up?
3: No, no, no. I I just wanted to, you know, just listen. I just want to
0: listen. I want
1: to you. Okay, well. first, then we'll take it. It's not often that you don't have anything to say. So, okay, so let's go ahead and talk about some things that I found rather interesting. Uh, We were looking at the. you know, how how the things that were were brought to the surface in um, the story kind of tie into some things that we don't talk enough about. And, and so I have a lot of um, – we have people that have kids that listen to our show, and so I think, you know, we, we have a wonderful platform to kind of just have some conversation that doesn't get to be had very often. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the um, way sex is placed in front of our kids, how accessible it is, and and what do you do, you know, we, because you can't stop it. There's no going back. We're in an ever-growing social media experiment, you know. Every time we think, "Oh, I mastered Facebook, then there's the Instagram and every time we 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 master an Instagram, then the kids get a kick and so the kids are always in a state of growing as far as their knowledge and um it's almost like the social media is a nomadic uh, environment, you know you stay nowhere for any at a time because there's something new in development and it's cooler and my parents aren't on that site and I don't have to be friends over here. I can just be and people can like what I say and you know, they just kinda move. And I'm and I am thankful that I have those experiences with my child that I am aware and I don't lose touch because my oldest has always Helped me in the loop because she was going to try a little bit of everything, you know. And um, I couldn't be the one caught in the bubble saying, not my kid, because just as I would say, oh, my baby doesn't do that, I turn around and, no, she's doing this, you know. So I always have to be in that state of, well, where are we now? What do we do with this? And how do we move forward? Because I think sex is everywhere And it's accessible It's so much more accessible um, And and can be done in such a discreet way That we deserve some conversation um, About it Because um, my child's thing Started her sexual thing Or I don't want to call it an infatuation But it started when she was In my eyes a baby you know, maybe eight, some older cousins, and they were, <laughs> I was the sheltered parent, the parent that sheltered the kids. That was me. Uh, put the little parental locks on the on the U-verse, you know. Um, yeah, you can only get these stations without my permission. And then she had cousins that didn't have that experience, and they could tell her, well, watch this. And so she had one of those experiences. And in my mind, I look at her whole sexuality from eight, to. Six, I can say that I think that was the moment that the curiosity was, the floodgates were, you know, open for her curiosity to build. And so I've just been kind of combating all the things since then. But that one time, Uh, They found the adult on demand. You don't need a code for that. You just go to on demand, and you find the adult, and you play. And uh, one of those movies, and it just happened to be a movie that had some kind of a connection to Internet something. So they talked about a website in the movie. So while you got all this porn going on, she's like, well, what's this website? And she goes to a computer and she gets into that, uh, types that website in, and of course it brings up a barrage of things because that website links to all this other stuff. Oh, you want to see porn on the internet? Let me show you. So, started me in early with how do you govern social media in your child, and are any any kind of uh, media? So. What do you do now? Where are you now as a parent? What are what are our options with this whole sexual experience? Um, cyber, virtual sex, or right there, up close and personal sex. And y'all, a parent, so what do y'all do? How do how do you handle it? Well, like I answered earlier, it, it, it starts at home, you know, and. Even if they see something, they run across a website with porn, if they're, I'm not saying you're not, I'm just saying in general, if they're educated the right way in the home, I don't think that that porn would take them somewhere where as though they don't recognize themselves
4: or somewhere
1: where as though they become addicted to it. You know, especially Mm -hmm. if it's taught right in the home and you know, I have a 14-year-old, and like I said, I don't want one of the videos he likes is Nicki Minaj Anaconda. So him and I were just talking. He was like, yeah, Nicki booty and all this, and what he'll he do, and da, 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 da. Then he ended, he said, but I'm strapping up. And he's 14. Some people looked at him and say, how can he talk like that, da, 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 da without looking at the message? Although she's Nicki Minaj, he still knows that he was strap up. You know, so I think... It starts off how you how you talk to it with your kids at home. You know, you can't, these days you can't say, say no to drugs. You got to be like, you know, crack a fuck you up. You you got to bring it to them so they can understand it.
2: You know what I'm saying? And,
1: and explain it to them in different ways.
2: So whether they cross
1: it, whether they see it, they're it or they're involved in a situation, they know how to handle it. hmm and that was, you know, that was my wake up call. I mean, because she did, but then in one night she knew way more than she ever did, you know. And and the the worst part was not being there as her guide to understanding the reality. And it just was, it was too much, you know. I had to step away for a minute so that I could realize. All right, here we go. Strap on. I mean, because you know, it ain't the last conversation that I wanted to be having is what you saw in a porn. Is that realistic? So, um, but I didn't get the choice, and and so I had to. I was faced with that, and so that opened up. Um, it opened up her. Her, um, it, it, it just, it, it widened her understanding or her knowledge base, and it made other things become more than they had been. You know, you have a kid, he's about eight or nine, and they're singing a song, and they're singing the words, but they don't really know the connotation. Well, now, oh. I didn't have that safety net that she just sings a song. She don't know what they mean. Well, yeah, she does, you know, at that point. Things became more sensitive for me um as they came in front of her so yeah that was that was a waiting call early and and i you know I faced that that way I deal with it every day, but again, it had to be conversation afterwards and 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 it forced me. You know I'm a non porn watcher, but it forced me to have to go in the room and close the door and turn on that specific movie so I could see what in the hell did you see in this movie and um you know who wants to say at eight that uh my mom had to make me find a movie that I was watching for her, so she could talk me about it you know? yeah. so. But you, know, you have to be you have to do it. You have you can't hide and just, you know, she's gonna get a whoop and she can't I mean you have to talk about it. It has to be the understanding has to be reached. Yeah, you know, my dad taught me when I was younger and, and he taught my, my husband to do the same thing the same thing to our daughter. As a father it's good to open a door for your daughter and, and let the cell out for your daughter. It's okay to do that. Because when a man do it to your daughter, she won't feel like it's so special that she owe him anything. Mm-hmm. She could just say, my daddy always do it. My dad always opens it for me. So I think it starts again in the home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Ron? Yes, ma'am. I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here.
3: I agree 100% with what I'm hearing, but it's... It's not like this is a new thing. You know what I mean? I think good parents throughout the ages have always shown their children aspects of of adult activity and doses that they can handle. You know what I mean? Because that's what it's about, about introducing your your child to adult activity and childhood dose. You don't want to give it to them as adults. So they can't handle that. But I think good parents have always done that. So it's just that now we're in this electronic age, and we're doing it now, so it's different barriers. But this is not a new fight that we fight, and we've always had to be honest with our children. But um,
1: yeah, and I think when you put it in that in that you know when you coin it as such, that's true, definitely. I guess my I guess my issue is I feel like it was um. More limited than than now, you know. You can because I look at this um this iPod thing that you thought in your mind was simply music, but all these new generation iPods that can be telephones and internet access and then so so where you thinking in your mind your reference point of reference and I'm old so forgive me. Point of reference being yeah she's got that Walkman thing. Yeah. It's not <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a computer. And so you right. think you got well, the headphones in, listening to music when she can have the headphones in, she can be FaceTiming. and she can be, you know, watching whatever in her own personal live screen that only she can see. And and I, I think some of that is a mother's fear that you can you can do this in a personalized discreet manner and I could never know. It's not like walking in and you had this big old T V with it on. You know what I mean?
3: But all that seems to me is the updated the old put the Playboy inside the newspaper trick.
1: Ah. You know what I mean? I
3: mean, you know because he, yeah he
1: was one of them children.
3: Right, right. <laughs> he was
1: oh one God. of those children.
3: <laughs> Mm -hmm. because true indeed, now they they look at their phone and they can go to this porn site or that porn site. I'm not going to tell you my favorites. It's none of your business. But when I was coming up, what they would do is they'd have a playboy or they'd have a, 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 a penthouse a little later on or something of that nature and they'd be looking at those and boys would huddle up in circles and look at them and pass it from one boy to the next boy and I'm sure girls did their little thing too. So I mean, It's just the age that we're in. that that, that, that the root of being a little inquisitive, nasty little kid. That right there, you know, that's always been around. And now they have more ways. Yeah, you you already know. But, you know,
4: now they have Uh, more ways uh, to uh,
3: travel that road. That's (laughs) the only thing, in my estimation.
1: Oh. I I agree. I mean, it's definitely, it's changed, but still the same thing. You know, I, I remember even though my brother is older than me. My brother had porn. And so one day, being a kid, you know, I'm in my brother's room. I'm, I'm a sister. I was supposed to go to his room and go through his stuff. um, And I found these VHSs we all had our own personal VCRs in our room. And one day I popped one of his in, I was like, oh, this is what he's watching. You know, I was in middle school when I found that. And then, yes, it opened up my mind to it, but I didn't have the conversation with my mom until I was in high school. And I had already known about it and whatnot. So it's, Sometimes you just have to pull them to the side and say, hey, look, I think it's time we have to stop a little conversation and not wait till the last minute of having it. really. right? you know, because even if I look at my daughter, I'm like, okay, little look, look, girl, that little dance you just did was a little bit more suggestive than I like." So, therefore, <laughs> I need you, you know, we need to fix that. And so, it's, it's this is now that the time have just changed, but they're still the same. Because if I checked that iPod, I checked that iPad, and I I know you like to try to clear stuff out, but honey, it ain't really cleared. So I need you to figure, you know, not to do anything that I wouldn't approve of. Because you got mm-hmm. Snapchat and Kick and definitely everything. Tom and Uber and Skype and it's just
0: two right, months, cause, and
1: then she got that fancy cell phone that she just died to have right so. and, and you know here's, here's the deal I um you know my daughter and I we've been through I mean and it's not all just oh that one that child it's just the, it's, the, it's the society this is what they're they're doing This this technology is enticing and it's ooh let's try it and so, you know, we have a total disclosure. We're at a point we have a total disclosure. Uh, you got to send me whatever you have. And I need all passwords, and uh-huh. I need to know and it's not necessary that I'm going to check it. But if I want to check it, as long as you unlock the door that I pay for, you you have to let me check it. So that's just that. Um and 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 my mom had a total disclosure policy, you know, but I didn't do very much, so there was really nothing that she had to worry about in, in in dealing with me. However, the older sister, my older sister, yeah, she had to worry about it, and so I had to be the, you need to go with your sister chick, so that when I came back, mm. I could go, oh, this is what we Care did, and thing? this, you know, that was me. Mm. But um. So we have one. We have that. And, and at any okay, time, she's like, can I finish? But at no, any you time can't. she walks no. by me, I can say, you know, phone check. You know, let me see your phone. I can say that. And you have to give it to me. And I can go through and check your stuff and see what you got going on. Um, do I do it all the time? No. But any time I ask to do it, I, I can. That's just how we work. And so one of the last things that, you know, went on was she had this. um, There's a new one. So I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about it. It's called Whisper or something. I had no idea what that was. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I looked at it and I thought, oh, it's pretty cool. You know, it's just posting the little picture messages or whatever. All right okay, that's fine until I'm looking at some of the messages and, you know, these men are, like, 30, you know. right. And, nice. and right. And he's commenting on her little picture or whatever. And she's, you know, telling him, I'm sorry, I'm a teenager. You shouldn't be talking to me. But that's too much That's too much conversation for me right there, you know. And, I, you know, I had to have a conversation. I understand that you feel like you were telling him that this conversation is inappropriate, but you just gave him too much attention. You didn't to right. reply at all. It was too many pieces to the conversation. And so it was one of those things where I was like, okay, so we're going to take a break from all of this social media. Give it here to me. Give me your connection to social media and we're going to take a break. And we're going to let that guy's interest kind of fall away and we're going to let you refocus. You know, and it's amazing how proud She is of some things about herself um, that that she accomplished by not being consumed in in all of her different social media options. And, um, you know, when the the privileges are restored, you know, now let's try this one more time. But this time, let's try this and be responsible. Um, in this way, you know, and giving her those, that, those those ramifications. This is this is what I want to see. This is what I don't want to see. You know. So, Go ahead, Ron. I mean, I forgot what I was going to ask you
3: yesterday. Good. Yeah,
1: no, I. You know what? And and see, I just went through the process of my daughter trying to have her first boyfriend situation. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so it was like okay. And I was like, I need to meet to people. I need to meet these people. You know, I'm country. I need to meet your people. I need to make sure I know them. And he was a nice enough kid, you know. And I was like, okay. And so one day I just randomly started to ask questions. Like, my daughter, I catch her off guard. She never knows when I'm going to randomly go through questioning with her. And I one day I was like, you know, we're in the car. We're just going to the store. And I said, hey. So, um, has Malik asked you about that? And she was like, Ma! I was like, no, listen, I need to understand. I said, because I've been your age, and little boys were fresh back then. Little boys are still fresh. I need to understand if this little boy has asked you these things. And she was like, no, he has not asked me anything about that. That is not a conversation that he and I have had. I was like, okay. I said, when that conversation happens, how are you supposed to react to it? And she gave me her rundown. I was like, okay, well, you're smart enough to know this is not what we do. But you know, and it was, and then they went through this little breakup thing until so teenagerish. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, you know, and I and I even talked to her. I was like, so this is your first breakup. So how are you feeling? And she was like, my mom cool. I was like, are you sure? But I said because you know. This is the first time that you had to break up with somebody because they did something stupid. And then you're going to find that a lot of men are stupid and little boys are stupid. (laughs) They don't have good things. That's right.
0: That's not nice. I know Ron (laughs) something to say.
1: That's not nice. That's nothing I don't know.
0: Because little girls are just stupid.
1: Ron. You look,
0: it was
3: silence dreams. when I said that, right? Y'all yeah, ain't appreciate that. No, little girls are just as <laughs> stupid as little boys.
1: Well, why is it just stu- Did you say something? Ron didn't hear you. Yeah, all right. Little boys are stupid. I mean, y'all, you all continue to do stupid stuff even into your 70s. You do stupid stuff. It's just you're stupid. Okay,
3: so nobody knows Frankie and Mama D.
1: <laughs> they do <I mean, laughs> because they actually they look like men, so they might have a stupid gene, but. No, either way. <laughs>
0: that place like, looks like
1: moths.
0: It looks like men. <laughs> 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 oh, you're just
1: a. I just had to ask her. I was like, did you, you know, I said, Kayla, did you cry? Because what happened, I was at work and it happened during the summertime. And, you know, I had to ask her, I was like, you know, did you cry? Did you feel sad when you met? She was like, no, he's just stupid. And, you know, we broke up. I was like, okay. But me and my daughter Can have an open conversation About anything So and I, I like the fact That she will come to me and she will still talk to me About it it's not like we're best friends But she knows that I'm still Her mother and I'm just gonna guide Her and help her Through the situation Versus like yeah girl No we're not gonna do that We're not gonna have that We're not gonna party together we're not friends I'm your mama so, but, yeah, it, it's different now. And my mom wasn't like that with me. You know, it was you do as I tell you to do, and it is what it is. And I was brought up well, in the military, they told, helpful, so, you know. Before Before we um, exit the show or get into our recording time, I want to give um, – Carla, another um, opportunity to go ahead and tell everybody where they can get Love by Default. Love by Connecting Default. And connect with you. Mother Daughter Story in New Orleans is available on Amazon and in the paperback and Kindle format. I can be, you can get in touch with me at Carla Cyprian at gmail dot com and on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash CPC five zero four. And I'm also on Twitter at CPC five zero four. Again, love by default. A toxic mother daughter story is available on Amazon. All right. So make sure you check that out. You check her out there. And definitely if you hit the archives you'll hear the rest of our um Conversation because Ron didn't Say very much and I know That he definitely Wants to talk about some stuff So I'm going to let him have his moment Um, Yeah because I don't know he seems like He might want to talk about This because he has a daughter And a dad raising a daughter That perspective is really interesting to me So um, Ron where is your mind When you think about this Sexualization of our daughters, our our sons is, you know, in this time period. What like, when, what do you do as far as social media is concerned? Do you check phones? Do you do you check uh, accounts?
3: Well, I mean, being that my oldest is twenty three, I'm not checking that. Um, I think, do no checking of her coming up. That was more of a mother's place to not place us. to uh, have that job down. Um with the younger one saying and a mother more does that, that I'm not checking her things that um uh, but I I'm more of a person where i talk. You know. We sit down we have conversation, things that nature. But um yeah, I'm not really one. I mean, cause the whole password thing, as, as, as sophisticated as parents think they are, technologically, I'm realizing that children usually have you black. So as much as you think you know they, 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 their password, they, they got something hidden. As much as you think you're looking at this, they got something over there. So I'm not one that, that thinks that I'm an out. Technological, my my child. So I just rather be honest from the jump and be like, let's just talk about this because I can't. I'm not going to be able to teach you on that. Okay, and,
1: and I hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, and 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 I guess my my big thing is. Because I know, because I know who who she is and, and I have been faced with, you know, her things that she will do. There are ways for me to, to, to have to stay abreast of, to stay in tune with, am I being, am I being true? Am I being true to what it is that she absolutely does, you know, because, you know, I don't want to, overestimate or underestimate. I, I, I want to stay in a reality zone. And I don't want to be like, oh, not my child. And I don't want to think, oh, you do everything wrong. So I need to see what I'm dealing with. Because, you know, one of the things that my child isn't is crazy. Um, and so there are only so many things that even in just our everyday interactions, there are only so many things that are going to just jump out. But when we sit down, time let's talk because this is what I saw. Let's talk about what else we didn't. Let's talk about you know what else we need to discuss so that you understand um, the dangers of the things that you you're toying with, or you know what is it that you need. Let's talk about your needs because you don't just act like this just because you know. And so I have to I have to check me. I have to check Together Because I need to be aware So it, it's a, for me it's a reality check More so than Thinking that you know I can out savvy her Because like you said I know um, it started just When they first got cell phones We're putting the boyfriend's number in as a girlfriend's number I mean they always try to be a step ahead Of what we're doing I yeah,
3: We, don't think that. we used to do that when we was little. She can't outsmart she can't me. I done did all that. <laughs> I done <didn't> did that. <laughs> right. That's why, like, you said reality check. My reality ain't changing. My reality is I was a little sneaky enough for she going to be a little sneaky enough for how she trying to get away from me. You know what I'm saying? And that reality ain't going to change. I'm just a, a cynic, I guess, in that, in,
1: in that manner. And and then that's because you're talking about, and see, that here's the difference. because so this is the thing that, that's different for me and my sister. I wasn't. I wasn't any of those things. I went to school. I, I participated in my uh, activities. I went home. I didn't stay out late. I didn't talk on the phone at the curfew. I, did, I mean, it's so many I didn't that that's who I was. So I can never impart that on who my child is because that's not reality. My child, I right. know, is not who I was at that age. Uh, there are not very many kids. That's probably who I was at my age. And and so I don't, I don't if think, if think I was. Do
3: you think you're
1: saying that you were special growing
3: up? That I was what? Special.
1: No, I was different. Um, even, like, the other day I'm in the store, ran across a student, uh, I mean, a, a ex-classmate or whatever, and um, she was talking about the trouble she had with her daughter being exactly who she was in high school, and then I said, yeah, I understand that I have exactly who I was in high school, and she said, well, you were, you didn't do nothing, you were perfect, so that ought to be good, you know, and I said, well, I didn't realize even people realize that. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> so, you didn't do nothing. You know, it was one of them. You. you just didn't yes. do nothing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Do, I, I did my little drill team thing, and that was it. You know, when when the stuff was over, I was one of kid, kids. Like, went I went over to a friend. A friend, she was masterminding the plan. She was like, "Hey, you spend the night at my house. I don't have a curfew. I don't have a curfew, so we can be out all night." And your mom won't even know Okay So I go spend the night Because I'm thinking I'm going to do some stuff I don't do I'm going to do some stuff I don't do And I go And you know my curfew Was midnight So I was like okay It's 1130 um, Yeah we, we need to Okay so I was like okay, let's go home Let's go home. Can't even because break the rules late. Right. I mean, and my mom would never know. So when I get home, what do I do? I call my mom. When I get to the chick's house, I'm like, I gotta call my mom because I was out late and I gotta make sure that it's okay and she's not mad. And even my mom was like, um, I would have never known. But, uh, God. See, listen, let me tell you something We couldn't have hung you But I was like, hey You would have got on want... my <laughs> Yeah, I was like I was telling my mom that on the phone While she was trying to tell me, look, girl, I wouldn't know." I was like, "Could you come pick me up Because I don't even like being put She put me in a position, I didn't like that I didn't want to break the rules Can you come pick me up You know. So, so that was who I was Now, mm-hmm. you would not have been at the party <laughs> The one I'm raising, you think she would call me and say we was out there for you? Can you come get me? Hell no. I know her, and that is not what she would say. So, so you know, I, I have to do a reality check because I have to stay in the loop and know what she's doing because so she's not doing what I would have done. Uh, so hey. I know, hey, whatever That's who I was and Forget about, forget about trying to say I was anybody else I wasn't I wasn't anybody else But it's okay <laughs> Because I have been exactly kind of okay. It's
3: called uh, the person who spoils the party That's what it's called It's called the person who spoils <laughs> the party I told you she it wasn't going to be in the party, party. They
1: Don't you invite her She's be trying no, to have the party call. at 11 o'clock and she can't come, right? <laughs> she can't come. Party don't start at 12. This house is trying to get us home at 11 o'clock. What? It's like right you. Right. Like y'all, now it's not going no to go And I got to drive her home
3: and then come back. Ain't nobody got time for all that. Get out of Ain't this, this,
1: got this, you know? <laughs> She can't go. She cannot go. And then when you get there, you're like, dang, she's here. What's she doing here? Right.
3: <laughs> right. She don't want to slow dance for nobody. Talking about turn light <laughs>
1: light oh, no. <laughs> the lights back Turn the lights on. Oh no. Slow jazz says the guy's always aim for my ass. Oh no. Oh what you said he was that a part. Judy.
3: What's that? That's not Jews.
1: Right. That's Huh? Talking about something why does taste different? This don't taste like Kool Aid. Exactly. Oh no. Exactly. Drinking? Right. please. You know, I think I'm one of the only people that I hung around that could not even tell you what hitting a J was like. Like, I've never had that experience. A what? Never. A, jump yeah, jump hit, a, I what? Never. a J? I've never. A J. That's done what that. we called it. Hitting J. a J? Yeah, because that's what I remember being asked. You want to hit this? Um, no. Uh-oh. I think I'm going to no, stand a I've never over done there. that. I've, now, that I've never done. I've never done that. I've never done that mm-hmm. at all. I'm not alone. But, but, honey, listen, when I got that first taste of that bottles and change, that back that you started doing so That bottles and change. I'm not ready for my 1980s as alcoholic, memory. I I thought I was doing something when I was drinking me a hard, Mike's hard lemonade. I thought I was doing something. Right. right. Once I got to that little HBCU down here, honey, listen, I graduated to some stuff. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) You couldn't even go nowhere in college. You probably had a curfew in college, too. Couldn't take you to the gym jam. Mm -mm. You had to be home by certain time.
0: Those
3: college
1: I years, know. I just know I, I could mm-hmm. go. I just didn't. I just I wasn't interested. I wasn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's sad, that's sad. It's okay. It's I
3: mean it is what it is. I mean different strokes for different folks. I just know my folks ain't none of them strokes. No, Isn't
1: you that? was um yeah, you was different. Yeah, I mean, because even even when I talk about sexuality, like, or or being sexual sexualized, I'm, I you know, I fear because I waited till I was eighteen to do anything. I'm scared because she started, you know. I I don't know what I would tell her at, at sixteen about sex because I like for real. You was scared. I, she'd be teaching me something. Dear Lord, that is not what you want to happen in this life. I I'm just like, saying. you know my my biggest fear is is having to 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 help her rebuild her self esteem if she has sex with somebody and. And it's like for him nothing, but for her everything. Yeah, you know that's my fear because I don't know that because the the guy I had sex with, it was, you know, for him it was what it was for me. So and I think that happens. I think that when I get to the whole desensitized thing I'm thinking of that like when because society has made that so passe. It's just oh, everybody does it. That they're not there. You know, those voices are not there to pick up the pieces when the self esteem is torn down. You know, they're there to push the kids to the limit. Oh, yeah, go do it, go do it, go do it. Everybody having sex. Look at all our songs. Look at all our videos. Look at all the movies. Everybody's having sex. Go do it. But nobody is addressing what happens when I've had sex with too many guys and I don't have any value of myself. You know, what happens when I had sex with the guy I wanted and all he wants is sex and he uses me for sex and doesn't, you know, do anything for my emotional side. It's like, what happens then? Nobody's being responsible for that part of it. And that that's where, you know, that's where I struggle because um, I want to fix all of them. I want to fix all the kids, every, every girl I've ever seen that doesn't understand that sex is more than just a physical act. Because it is, it is. Especially when you're not mature enough, to the viewer is just a physical. Okay, so we're so in recorded time. We're so far in, in recorded time. All right, let's close up.
3: But let me just say one quick thing before we close.
1: You you can always say something.
3: There you go. Here we go. Now, when when we talk about. Uh, um, kids and having sex at young ages and things like that. A lot of that is directly to the parents because why you don't let your kids doing those? You can't have sex if you're doing an activity. You can't have sex oh. if, you're doing sex if you're you can't have sex if you're acting. You can't have sex if you're in the math club. You can't have sex if you're in the chess club. You know what I mean? If you're doing mm-hmm. things, if you're broadening your horizon, if you have options so and options you can you can be a performer because you went to a performance uh, a club or something, or you can be a scientist because you went to that astronomy club or or, or, or what it may be. But if, if you don't give your kids options then what they're going to do, it's like we all can do a math before that's to the least common denominator. And sex mm-hmm. is the least common denominator. So, I mean, yeah, everybody's doing it, but everybody's also scratching their toes when you put more emphasis on something, then kids are going to look at it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's doing it, but everybody's doing it, so it can't be that special. You know what I mean? So there's different ways to look at it. So, I mean, from a parental perspective, and as you know, we were saying earlier, it starts at home, but little things like make sure your children have options. That way they won't mm-hmm. fall back to the easy thing, which is, you know, play touchy field.
1: And that is what I try to do. I try to keep them active. Whew. I try to take up any free time, which, you know, hell, it does that for me, too. <laughs> keep me busy, and I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> mm. I can't. Whew. I'm not. Can't. Yeah, and that'd
3: be right? kid. You're being transparency be lazy. Oh, it's raining. I can't go. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I was up <laughs> late last night. Stop being a lazy heifer and a little sad sad <laughs>
0: lazy dad, it's
3: more... heifer? Jeez no, some, he some of these is lazy and some of these dudes is half a girls.
1: What did you say? Wow. Well, he, he said stop being a lazy heifer. That's what he what said. Is? He just saying that some of these heifers out here is lazy. Oh, oh I thought he said to me. You no, know, we
3: see you personalize at the and stuff. Do you personalize what? And stuff? And
1: you personalize know stuff. Because, it, because it really I was saying, I I said the last comment. That's why. That's what I'm saying. And I made the last comment. And then you were talking, and I thought you were talking to me because I said the last thing. And then I was offended, and I wanted to know if we're gonna have to, you know. Oh, no, I'm saying that when
3: you talk, you don't listen. I'm 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 clear. i understand that. You're not I,
1: the I heard you, but I didn't hear all of it. Look, as long as I don't have to kill you, it's good. So, whatever. And we ain't got to call your girlfriend. Oh, sorry. Mm, 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 mm. Anytime time to wrap up? it's Just do mm, 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 mm. Wait, I have to throw it in <laughs> Let's, there. I Let's just go. Let's, let it, let it go. It's a wrap. It's let a it wrap. Go. Let's end
3: this. Let's <laughs> wind you, up. Oh. Let's down.
1: Oh, oh, you're ready to whine. And so we're sorry um, Carla left us, um, but please check out um, Carla Cyprian's debut novel, Love by Default, um, and experience that. Leave reviews, get in touch with her, definitely share your, your thoughts, and then part two will be out, and that should shed some light on some things that I were questioned. Um, we did a little review, so if you missed it, go ahead and listen to those archives. Um, and um, really, it's nothing to say ugly about Ron. To end the show, we can't end the show laughing at Ron tonight. It really isn't worth it. So, um.
3: yeah, you know, I'm better off being a rock.
1: Go <laughs> <So, laughs> and on that note,
0: uh, <laughs> have
1: a great rest of your Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday is over.
0: Thursday here.
1: Well, it's still Wednesday where I am. Yeah, it really Thursday. is because it's truly Thursday on here over here on the um, East Coast. <laughs> Well, over here in these parts, it is eleven nineteen. So, hey, I got a question though. Um, do y'all say make grocery in Texas? Cause they say it in Louisiana. Do you say make grocery? No, I buy groceries, but I do know people that make them. Okay, we'll talk and, about it later. And- and my kids, my kids, they they say, what is, how do you make groceries, Mom? Well, yeah, honey, and that's I, a question I had before, um, when I met my friends from Louisiana. I said, what? They're like, let's go make groceries. I said, well, you, where they do that at? Where do they make that? Well, let's make a grocery store. So I said, so you need to
3: tell me. Y'all I just say make know. groceries where you make them Okay, from. okay, okay. I got one, too. I got one, too. I got one, too. <laughs> I come to Puerto
0: Rican.
3: Wait. I come to Puerto Rican be like, I broke the paper. I broke the paper. No, you don't break what? paper. You rip paper. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: can't. I can't read that shit.
1: That's... Oh, my God. See, I don't understand what other people be saying, though. That was a chapter in the book called Making Grocery. I lot of you guys. Wow. We shall talk about this. We shall. Oh, yeah. We shall. We got yeah.
3: very no Yeah, yeah. Okay. My bad. We were saying bye, weren't
1: we? Yeah. We, we, we were saying goodnight. Back. We were. We were saying goodnight. So, on that note, um, and because everybody hates Rocks, go ahead and end the show. <laughs> Um, and we'll see you guys next week where hopefully we'll have some time to talk about Ron and no, make him good. feel less, good. Good night. less than a man. Like, that would be great. Say, say goodnight, everybody.
0: Oh.
1: Wow. I Oh God! I
3: can
1: take Say, goodnight, good night, Ron. Good night, Ron. <laughs> no walking in the park. Good night, rocks. No getting your rocks off <gasps> Good night. <laughs>